Grace and peace to you from Harvester Reformational Church in Milnerton, Cape Town, the mother city of South Africa. Founding Apostle Andre and Prophet Nola Pelser have reached almost 100 nations to date, fulfilling the great command to love and the great commission to go into all the world, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and making disciples of Jesus Christ. May God confirm the preaching of his word with signs and wonders following in your life. For free sermon notes, visit www.harvesterchurch.net and click on the sermons tab. Search for the topics you need and keep spreading the word. Remember that some of these teachings are also available on DVD from Pelser Media. So contact Apostle Aja Pelser at A-J-E-P-E-L-S-E-R at gmail.com for more information. Now, here is Apostle Andre Pelser. All right, I want to share some things with you today about places of uh, abundance. Places of abundance. And I believe this message can lift you up into another place. Different places that we want to share if you believe what I'm saying. Um, the Word of God has that ability to lift you up. When you're down and you read the Word, you forget that you're down. And you, it lifts you up. Amen? Someone shares a good word with you, a prophecy or encouragement or scripture, it lifts you up. Amen? And I want God to lift us all up this today. Amen? Lift us up above all the shadows that we face all the circumstances that we're in. So we view everything as an eagle from above, from God's point of view. And as we draw near to God continually, He strengthens us to believe that our weaknesses will be turned into strengths and our unbelief into strong faith. The dew of His presence and the power of His love will cause the change in us by his powerful word, is what Smith Wigglesworth said in an interpretation of tongues. And uh, I want you to, I mentioned last Sunday, to dare to believe that God will lift you up into a place of his great abundance, beyond all that you can ask or think according to Ephesians 3.20. God wants to lift you above poverty into a bountiful place of supply, no matter where you live, no matter what conditions you face. He wants to open his eternal treasures to you. God puts you in a position where you are worthy to receive what he has prepared for you. Uh, when I was young in the ministry, the Lord said to me, uh, one of your failures that I want to correct is your ability to receive. And I wondered what he meant by that, but I quickly understood it. Because when someone, in those days, you earned about 400 rand a month, and someone came to me after church and gave me a check for 1,000 rand. And I was so shocked, I walked around with that check in my jacket for two weeks. I couldn't deposit it. And I asked myself, why? Can't you put it in the bank? Then I realized I was trying to find a way to justify it. 
I was thinking, what can I do for them? What can I pray for them to earn this? Then the Holy Spirit said, see, you can't receive. It's, it's, it's more blessed to, to give than to receive. Receiving is very hard. You, you have to take it. And not try and earn it. You know, um, we find it even difficult to receive compliments. Someone says, ooh, that's a nice jacket. <laughs> he says, no, oh, bikey. Hey? Uh, to receive, the Lord said to me, it takes great humility to receive. And then he said to me, for the rest of your life, you have to live from people that give you tithes and offerings. If you don't learn to receive now, you're going to have a very difficult life trying to justify why people should tithe into your ministry or help you to travel or whatever. And so I had to humble myself before God and admit that I don't know how to receive. And my mom taught me how to receive a compliment and how to receive criticism. She said, May Arki? She, she called everybody Arki or Leafy because she couldn't remember names, even her own son. And so, yeah, my mom called me uh, Busmanki and my dad called me Kafirki. And I wondered why they ever gave me a name. But, uh, yeah, I could take him to court, but uh, they're not here now. Uh, but, you know, my mom said to me, learn to breathe in a compliment and then breathe it out. Just sniff at the compliment. <sighs> Don't take it in too deeply because then you get big-headed. And then she says, you know, uh, a, criti- a criticism. Uh, you must also just sniff at it. Just, yeah, Jessica Rech. Get it out, because it will burden you at night while you're sleeping. Just learn to sniff at things. Don't take it in too deeply, whether it's a criticism or a compliment. Amen? And, uh, but to be able to receive, you know, is a very difficult thing. And we all have difficulty with it. We all have difficulty. So, Elian, the... See, now she wonders, why? <laughs> what have I done yet? <laughs> so, to lambano, it means to take, to make it yours, to receive. And, and uh, you know, Melchizedek, what I mentioned just now, he gave... Bread and wine to Abram. He had communion with Abram hundreds of years before Jesus was born and set in the communion. Uh, and he was a type of Christ. And then he blessed Abram so much that Abram became very, very, very wealthy. And his sons and his grandchildren. And eventually, when Joseph became like prime minister of Egypt, he gave, Pharaoh gave a whole land, a country, the land of Goshen, to Joseph's family. 
this massive. You know, and, and Jesus says, the meek shall inherit the earth. You don't have to buy it. And we say, yeah, when? Well, you know, in the new earth, he might give you Mossel Bay, Rudy. And you say, wow. And he says, yeah, but now you're the mayor of Mossel Bay. It's not just to get land. So we don't know when, but he says, the meek shall inherit. You'll just get. Like, I've got two pieces of land in the Philippines that I can build on. You're not allowed to own land, but you can use it if it's given to you. And I've got the paper for that. And the paperwork, so we can build little bamboo Bible colleges or there one day. But it was given to me. I didn't earn it, didn't ask it, ask for it. And uh, Vida in India, we held meetings there and trained and ordained 35 pastors. And uh, he wrote, sent pictures the other day. When I was there, he said, this piece of land, we believe in God for this land, please come. And we went on the land, we prayed for it. The government gave it to him. It's now his, and now he's just got to build on it. Massive piece of land in India. And God gave, the one who uh, gave me a piece of land in the Philippines, government gave him three hectares on a most beautiful, exquisitely beautiful island. And uh, uh, that is, you know Dave, uh, Narciso that was here, government gave him. So he owns it and he's already planted fruit trees and growing vegetables on it. And he gave me a portion of that land to build our Bible college on. So um, it's amazing, it's paid for, it's paid for. He can hardly pay his own house, but he's got three hectares. It's incredible. So he says, you'll inherit the earth. So you dare to believe God for what sounds impossible. Like, uh, you know, we said, yeah, believe. Believe God that it's possible. He wants to lift you out and above. This is the, the message I have for you is that this word can lift you up above what you are facing right now. It can lift you above to a place of abundant supply. And God wants to move you into a fixed position. You see, the problem with us is the one day we believe something, and the next day we doubt it because we don't see it. We want to only believe when we can see it. The thing is to see by the eyes of faith and to get into a fixed position where there's no undercurrents of doubt ruining your faith. And <clears throat> uh, he wants to move you and lift you into a fixed position where you can no longer be moved by any circumstances, any situations. Because situations come and go, they change. There's vicissitude. It comes and goes and comes and goes, comes to pass, I always say. It comes so that it can pass. Gets. But he wants to live you in a fixed position where you know you're a child of God and a place where you can uh, have constant faith and begin to live there instead of straining all the time. I, th I thought about this 
uh, it takes the same effort to struggle or to believe. It takes the same energy and the same time. So when you, when there is a problem and you struggle with a problem, problem day and night and day and night and day and night, if you use the same energy and you rather believe that God will solve it sooner or later, it takes the same energy, but it has a different result. And uh, we need to, to learn to believe God's word above what we can see in our circumstances. It's not easy. You have to practice it. And then you have to learn to speak accordingly. Speak according to what you believe in the Word of God. And uh, don't always, you know, after three days, say, nee, ek het nou drie dagen is nou lang genoeg. So, God, believe that what I'm saying to you today is God speaking to you. So, take it as if God is saying it to you, not me. Forget me. And, uh, God looks past your weaknesses, past your human depravities, even past your faults and your personality things. And He wants to lift you into a place of purity also. I'm talking about different places that God will lift you up. place of purity and beauty where He tells you, You are my lovely. You are my beloved. I want you to hear God saying that to you today. You are my lovely. You are my beloved. Believe that God is saying it to you today. Amen? Receive it today as if God is speaking to you. God says to you, I see you without spot or wrinkle. And you say to God, that's not possible. Well, he looks to you through the glasses of Jesus. Jesus' glasses are red. They're covered with his blood. And as he looked to you through the glasses of Jesus, he sees no spot or wrinkle on you. Why? Because Jesus has forgiven it. He's forgotten it. It's wiped out. You still remember it. And the devil still reminds you. And other people remind you. But God has forgotten it. So this morning God says to you, I see you without spot or wrinkle. Amen. God blots out all your transgressions in a thick cloud, David says, and your sins and iniquities he forgives and forgets. An amazing ability that God has. If you sin now, and then you say, God forgive me, I've sinned. He forgives you and forgets immediately. The next second, if you talk to God about that sin, God says, I don't know what you're talking about. You try to remind God, but you know, I did this and I did. God says, I don't know what you're talking about. Why? He's forgotten it. He says he's removed it as far as the east is from the west. You know how far that is? I've traveled that. I've traveled across the earth. And he says he's cast it in the depths of the ocean. Do you know how deep the ocean is? There's depths that they haven't even gone to yet. 
That's where your sins lie. Now who's going to fetch that and bring it before God? They can't even reach it. Amen. So God says, He removes it as far and He forgets about it. Incredible. So He lifts you into a level of purity that you cannot achieve, but because you believe in Jesus, God sees you as pure. In spite of all your mistakes, sins, things you've done and said, forgive me, God says, it's done. This morning God says to you, I lift you up into a place of purity and beauty. And he says to you, you are my beloved. Isaiah 43, verse 25. God will lift you up into a place of fruitfulness. And uh, he will help you master every labor that you undertake. Any task you have to perform. Isaiah 26.3 says, He will keep you in perfect peace if your mind is stayed on Him. God will help you with what you have to do and, and how to do it. The Holy Spirit will teach you concerning all things. I remember Ethan, our grandson, he uh, played soccer, stopped now, but when he played soccer one day we were watching and I asked him to take a corner, put the ball there, and he kicked the ball, and it curved into the goal and scored a goal. No one touched it. And afterwards, Nola asked him, said, that's a fantastic shot. How did you do that? He says, a voice said to me, lean back when you kick. Lean back when you kick. Because normally they teach him is get your head over the ball. And he leant back and the ball went up and curved and into the goal. I said, Hilton, that's the Holy Spirit. You see, we think the Holy Spirit only operates in church on a Sunday. But he's actually there every moment. But we don't make use of him. How many times do you talk to the Holy Spirit in a week? But all of on a Sunday, then you want to be holy. Hey, the Lord knows you forgot him for a whole week. Hey, it's, it's good. It's a good habit to do it in church. But you should remind yourself that he's with you in the car. So instead of shouting at the terrible drivers in South Africa, talk to the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, did you see who Groot Vardail is? <laughs> no. Talk to the Holy Spirit, you probably won't say the things you say to that car, right? You forget that He's there. You forget that He's there. And trying to do things, Holy Spirit, help me to do this. One thing I appreciate about Nola is she's led worship all her life since she was 14. And every time before she has to lead worship, she says, Holy Spirit, help me. She can do it in her sleep. But she always acknowledges that she needs His help. Now this is where we make a great mistake. The thing you do well, you never ask the Holy Spirit to help you with it. And He's actually the one who lifted you into that position that you can do it so well. 
We ask him about the things that we think we're failing in. Say, help me here. But how about asking him about the thing you think, the thing that you think you're doing so well? Ask him to help you in it. Continually. Just acknowledge him. He says, acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will make smooth your paths. Amen? So, the Lord is gentle and easy to be entreated without partiality. He helps us to live in this world and helps us to overcome it by faith. We can be masters of every labor we undertake and perform everything with success as long as we keep our minds stayed on Him. Whatever we do, learn to do it to the glory of God. When you wash the dishes, do it to the glory of God. That's a difficult one. Eh? Do it to the glory of God. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. If you go to work and they pile the work up on your desk, do it to the glory of God. Not to be seen of man, but say, I do this to the glory of God. Whatever your labor is. Amen? And the Lord will help you. Then whatever you have to do will become easier because your mind is stayed on the Word of God and the Scriptures keep you busy and you do your work almost automatically as you meditate on the Word. It strengthens you in every task you undertake. It's very simple to say to the Lord, I can't do this without you. He said, you can do nothing without me. We don't really believe him. Put out the cat. Shame, he wanted to come to church. Is he, is he still here? He bothered the people. He cut a cord. Ah, shame. But I hear him all over. But anyway. No, I'm sorry. You see, God has ordained you that you should go forth and bear much fruit. Even in your gray old age, he says, you'll bear much fruit. And that your fruit should remain. That gives glory to God. Gives glory to God. God will lift you up into a place of hope for the future. Who needs hope for the future? Amen. We don't know what lies ahead. You feel the earthquake yesterday and this morning? Yeah. God wants to give you hope for the future. Amen? You see, if you have hope, you transmit life wherever you go, wherever you move. Because most people have become hopeless. They see no future. And you've got to get that from God. Hope is not something you can fake. God has to lift you up into a position of hope. And so as you speak the word of God, it brings life. Jesus says, John 5, 24, my word brings life. My words bring life. When you speak, do you make people feel hopeless and helpless? Or do you actually lift them up with your words? into a position of hope as well. 
You have the life of God within you. Let it out sometimes. Amen. You have Christ within. Let him out sometimes. By the way you look at people, by the way you respond to people, you know, just by being yourself, being genuinely yourself, you can inspire people. God wants you to live in this world with peace. The first message the angels brought about the Son of God being born was peace on earth and goodwill towards men. That was their first message. You say, ah, but this whole world, there's no peace anywhere. You can have peace in the midst of all circumstances. The kingdom is within. We're not looking for a kingdom without at the moment. We said, find the kingdom within you. Find that peace and find that joy within you. Keep it. Don't let anyone steal it from you. He will give you power and authority to reign over all demonic powers that attack you. Luke 10 verse 17 to 19. And God will forgive your sins and not remember them. Jeremiah 31 34. On the authority of your believing God's word. This message that I'm bringing to you will bring you into these places of abundance in believing and will give you great joy. Romans 15:13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all peace and joy in believing. Peace and joy in believing. You might not have everything you want yet, but you believe you're going to get it and therefore you have peace. You might not know how things are going to work out or how you're going to sort all your problems out, but by believing you have joy and peace within, and then God unfolds it towards you as you give the next step. You see, we, we, we tend to want everything sorted out all at once. It's like a little child in a sweet shop. Eh? You walk into a shop full of sweets. And he says, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, and this, and this, and that. You know you're not going to buy him everything, but let him enjoy the moment. And then you pick a few and he's so happy, he's forgotten about all the other ones. Now God does the same with us. We tell God, help me with this and that, with that, with this and that, and this and so on, and this and this and this and this. Then God just does what's important. My mom had a wonderful trick going to a shop. I want the whole shop. Everything my eye sees. Every car, every toy, every suite, every, everything. And then she would say to me, My harki, so draw ons geldkie set, kom maar met dit vir jou koop. And then I relax. I never knew when die time van die geldkies kom. But I was fine, I was happy with that promise. So draw on schelkies head, kreeg vir as. Dankie mami, dankie. She had some wonderful tricks up her sleeve, I tell you what. Yeah, so... Um, 
See, God strengthens you. And this is something very important. He wants to lift you up into a position of mental strength, emotional strength, where you're above your circumstances, not being pulled down all the time. You know, an aeroplane, the most amazing thing to me every time I fly, is it goes at a tremendous speed until it's, it lifts, the law of lift and, and uh, surge, what? Thrust, the law of lift and thrust breaks the power of gravity over the plane. And at a certain moment it lifts and gravity has no power over it anymore. It flies, this heavy plane, all the fuel flies. Incredible. Right? And, and so God wants you to travel with Him till you lift up and break the hold of depression and oppression and just seeing this world for what it is and having no hope. and no, He wants to lift you. Today, God wants to lift you. He wants to thrust you into another higher realm. Amen? Amen. When difficulties and perplexities arise, we need to remember the Lord is greater than the things we face. We have to expect to see the Master's hand working on our behalf. Hey, good news. God is working on your behalf. Amen? You must remember that He's got quite a few people to deal with. How many billions are we? The last time we counted? Hey? Is it six, seven billion people in the earth? So God has to take care of them all. He's quite busy, but he's got a lot of angels to help him. They've got monitors and everything up there. Eh? And then he also has to keep the world turning. We, we don't have to peddle the earth every night before we climb into bed so it will keep on spinning. Don't you do that every night? When in the morning when you get up, the earth is slowed down. You have to quickly speed it up again before you go to work. So if, you, if you're not worried about something so important, why are you worrying about the small things? Eh? No, because we're human. Because we're human. But he wants to strengthen your mind today. To lift your mind up into a place of strength. You see, the devil casts fiery darts at you. He doesn't know which one you'll take. He puts thoughts in your mind and you don't know where they come from. Like, it's not worth it. You're not going to make it. The earth is going to explode. You know, just anything. He tries anything and he sees which one you take. And then he hammers you with that. Right? He tells you, he doesn't like you. Or she doesn't like you. 
See the way she looked at you? She doesn't like it. It's lies. It's all lies. But he's trying everything to upset you so that, you so that he can get hold of you. Amen. You know the story about the guy whose car broke down, eh? In the middle of nowhere, in the night. And then he saw a little light and he walked through all the mealy fields. And it was a house and there was a light outside the house. But as he got close to the house, he thought, Ryan, I'm going to upset this guy. I need some tools, you know, I just need a, to fix my car. But I'm going to wake him up. He's going to be so angry. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. Maybe he'll shoot me. Maybe he'll shoot me, you know, this is out in nowhere. And when he finally knocked on the door and the guy opened, he said to the guy, keep your tools. And walked away. The guy must have thought this guy's mad. You know, he even got up out of his sleep with his pajamas, you know, those striped pajamas. Look like you're in prison. And I I don't like pajamas with buttons because when you turn over you tear the buttons off. Yeah, so better to sleep with your rugby jersey. Yeah. At least you feel like you're a sportsman for a while. I can't even so hard lift me and track it, but my cord broke on as I slow. I'm I'm very good in my sleep. I still dream about catches I take, you know. I win all the matches in my sleep. It's amazing. And I'm young. That's the amazing thing about a dream. You're always young. I've, I've never dreamed that I'm old. So when I wake up, I get this shock that... <laughs> I'd rather go back to my dream. <laughs> Who's this guy? Hey? Who's this guy? I don't even greet him when I walk past the mirror. Shave in the shower. You can feel where there's beard, you know. Instead of looking at the mirror and say, Oh, very Jesus, help. <laughs> can't, I can't believe Nola married me. But anyway... So, uh, where are we? I want to finish here somewhere so you can go home. If you listen quickly, I'll speak fast. It says that uh, Christ was manifested for one reason only, to destroy the works of the devil. Eh? Galatians 5.24 He wants to destroy the works of the devil in our lives, sinful passions, In the flesh, carnality, pride of life. He wants to bring it to an end and to replace it. He wants to dethrone sin and the power of evil. He wants to reign over you. Romans 16 verse 14. Believe that God's bringing you into that place where Christ reigns in you. And is manifested in you and through you. It's a place of divine 
Abundance. Abundance in every respect, not just money. The abundance of peace, abundance of joy. It's a divine place of sublime faith where you see possibilities and you see all the promises of God like Moses viewed the promised land from up on Mount Pisgah and he saw there's the promised land. God wants you to see large bunches of grapes coming in from the promised land. He wants you to see the signs of a good promise that he, that he has for you, for the future. I don't care what the world says. God is a good God. Amen? If the time comes that He wants to take us out of here, He will lift you up even higher to meet Jesus in the air. The power of His coming will be like a magnet that will pull us up all the ones expecting His coming. If you don't want to go, He will not pull you up. You can stay. Those who have a desire to see Him, that's the magnet that responds to the other magnet. Amen? You pull us up. John G. Lake, when he preached one day, he saw a man in the third row on the aisle with his eyes closed, his legs crossed and his arms folded, rise up above his seat, come down on his seat again, rise up second time higher, come down on his seat, and the third time he went almost up to the ceiling. The guy's eyes was closed, he didn't know it was happening. And John G. Lake said, is that, uh, is that uh, levitation? He says, no, it's the power of God that's going to draw us up when Jesus returns. He's not just going to lift you up above your troubles. He's going to lift you up above the earth. Meet Him in the air. We should have practicing services for that. See who rises first. It's probably Lee and Annette because they're the most holiest. They already dance and get off the earth, you know, by jumping. I try to jump, but I fall on my knees. But, you know, there's there's unbelievable things to come. But everyone's just looking at the world around us. And that depresses and oppresses us. We should be looking up. Say, come Lord Jesus. We've been expecting you for a long time. You know that eagle? They caught a little eagle and put it amongst the chickens so he ate like the chickens and walked like the chickens. Hij het gebeklei soos die hoeners. And then one day he looked up, he saw an eagle flying. And he thought, that must be wonderful. And one day they were fighting with him, and he flapped his wings and he took off. And he discovered he was an eagle, not a chicken. Hey, that make a wonderful movie. Finding out you're an eagle. He says, those who wait upon the Lord will no longer be chickens. Rise up, my beloved. Hey? Nolan, I've often watched the eagles 
when they find the thermal currents, the earth, without flapping any wings, they go higher and higher and higher till you can't see them. They hit a wind current up there. With that current, they fly great distances without flapping their wings. Gone. Who can't see them anymore and the other birds are so jealous the arme duif klap sy vlerke tot die amper afval maar hy kan nie daar kom the crow the crow wants to kill the eagles of jealousy but the eagle just keeps flying higher and higher You know, there's many things opposing you in this life. Many people. But you know, draw nearer to God. Go higher. Let Him lift you up today. Let Him lift up your spirit. Let Him lift up your emotions. Let Him lift your mind up above all the grief and the sorrow that you face. Don't dwell there like a chicken. Rise up, my beloved. Amen. Let this word lift you up today. Walk out here ten feet taller. Amen. Don't come down when you leave. Don't get into the car and start talking about yesterday's troubles. Amen. Let him lift you. Believe that God is bringing you into that place where Christ is reigning in you, a place of divine abundance. It's a position of a conqueror. It's a place of endowment with power. It's a place of holiness. Christ has become your holiness. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 30. Disease will be dethroned in your life. And you'll stand as a child of God with power. All things become possible if you dare to believe what I shared with you today. Rise up. Let him lift you up into places that you've never been before. Let's stand and let's lift our hands. Say, Lord, lift me up today. Lift me up today. Lift me up above my problems. Lift me up to stand in Beulah land. Hallelujah. Lift me, Lord. Lift my spirit. Lift my mind. Lift my emotions. Lift me to a place of abundance. Let me dwell there permanently, Lord. Let me believe you care for me. That you my Abba Father. That I'm your child. Lift me, Lord. Lift my spirit. Lift me, Lord. Lift me in my business. Lift me in my family. Lift me where I walk around that people will sense that God is with me. Lift me above the disease and the troubles in my body. Lift me up, Lord. Lift me higher today, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Let the Lord lift you up. Amen. Be lifted today. Amen. That's the place of abundance where you and I belong. Because we're children of the Most High God. Amen. God bless you.